Carol, right? Yes, that is it. Well, Sasha. Thank, yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, coming on my podcast. It's a, it's a um, pleasure. Yeah. We don't really know each other. We've met once or twice, I think, right? Once or twice, yeah. I yeah. think it's one of these um, people you, you probably know in the professional space, entertainment yeah. space. You're familiar with them because you've seen them. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of mutual friends. Right. But you actually never sat down and had a conversation. Right, <laughs> exactly. The last time I met you was at your place. You um, It was Nina and... and uh, Caleb. Caleb, yeah, they were yeah. recording a YouTube channel, a YouTube series, right. and we had a few exchanges then. But that was so you're, you're a friend of Nina's, right? Yeah, I've known Nina for at least six years. Okay, uh, when I came to Taiwan, we met at a singing competition, um, yeah. <laughs> which is actually the the start of my my singing journey here. Because as a word story, it was a, a nightclub. I don't think, I don't know if you're familiar with M Taipei. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I'm typing had this um, singing competition and uh-huh. I happened to go because it was my friend's birthday and then my friend is she's since it was her birthday she was like you're gonna go up on stage and sing I don't care it's my birthday just go and sing and that's how I met Nina I won the competition and then that's how my previous agent got into contact with me and the journey just started there so oh, was- okay so how long have you sorry okay just uh, let's start from the beginning uh can you tr- briefly introduce who you are and what you do all right in the beginning genesis chapter one yeah <laughs> so i came to taiwan in 2013 uh that's eight and a half years ago i believe mm-hmm. and i came on a scholarship because my country in taiwan has diplomatic relations so i i where are you from St. Lucia, yes. St. Lucia, okay. It's an island in the Caribbean, right? A beautiful island in the Caribbean, English-speaking island in the Caribbean. Um, And yes, I came eight eight and a half years ago, initially, uh, to study Chinese for one year. Um, And after completing my studies at Fujian University, that's at Zhenjidashui, I then decided to stay in Taiwan and pursue my undergrad degree in economics at the National Changchun University. That's mm-hmm. near the zoo. Um, a really great university. So that has been my um, initial journey in Taiwan. I came to study for like for many people who came here. You know, we always, I think, meet a lot of foreigners who initially, this came for a month, they came for a semester, came for a year, and then ended up staying <laughs> almost yeah. a decade. And plus, so Taiwan has that secret, secret appeal for, for most of us. Uh, did you know about Taiwan before coming here? To be completely honest, I did not. I honestly, I would have mistaken the name with Thailand, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was still unsure of Taiwan because I was back in San Lucia, We have the impression of Chinese and Chinese culture. So when I was told, oh, it's a Chinese speaking island, I was like, oh, so something with Chinese culture. Um, maybe there are people doing, you know, kung fu on the streets or in, in, in the park or something. It really is. There are uh, old people. <laughs> old people. <laughs> old <laughs> so I did not. I did not know much about Taiwan at all, to be completely honest. And I mean, before coming, I probably looked at some of the pr- promotional videos. And obviously, the thing everyone knows is, oh, Taipei One One. This. The tallest building it was one mm-hmm. of the tallest building in the world. I was like, okay, interesting. Let's see how this goes. And I didn't speak any Chinese. In fact, I remember when I was on the plane, um, I was trying to 
be familiar with the air hostess and because I... she was hot <laughs> 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 so I, I told her um konnichiwa like to, oh I, I, wow and she, she said welcome to taiwan and i was like konnichiwa and i was and she's like look at me this strange expression i'm like did i say it wrong <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Obviously, yes. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> they they call it gay gal in Taiwan. You were you pretended you knew what you were doing, but you actually didn't. didn't. Yeah. So um, you get a scholarship pr uh, from from the Taiwanese government that uh, because Taiwan has uh, some relationships with or um, diplomatic relationships with some countries throughout the world. That's correct. So they want to promote their culture through uh, two people in, in Saint Lucia. And how, how did you get aware, uh, how did you become aware of this, that you had uh, the chance to come here to study? Oh, great. Um, well, Taiwan also has its embassy in St. Lucia. Um, and uh, I was, at that time, I just finished high school and I was applying for different scholarships. I applied for scholarships in, in the Caribbean, a few universities in the Caribbean, also in the States and Canada. And Taiwan, though the furthest, was um, the only full scholarship. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was not at that point ready to travel halfway across the world. Um, but my mom was like, you know what, just just try it. Why wow. not? It's far away. It's a full scholarship. I'm not paying any in student loan for you. Better go. <laughs> and, and was it your first time going abroad by yourself? First time going abroad by myself. Wow, I think that is correct because previously I mostly traveled with family mm. and or with groups, but it was the first time going by myself. But luckily for us in in Saint Lucia, when we travel to Taiwan, um, they give at least five or six scholarships per year. So in that scholarship, some of the scholarship recipients, I had actually known two of them. Mm. So it was in fact going with friends to a. Uh, a country abroad so it wasn't as as scary you know like so my i just going to this nowhere place all alone boarding the plane 14 hour flight it wasn't that yeah it wasn't that bad at least i had known um one or two people on that journey uh did you prepare in any way for life in taiwan or studying in taiwan or did you just go like i don't care what happens i'll just dive in and see you know i think i just dived in i, I did not yeah, I didn't prepare much because at that point, to be honest, I was um, waiting for the results of like two, two other scholarships and I almost didn't come because I was like, okay, this scholarship is already, I had already received it. But I was like, this other one is coming in two weeks. This other one is coming in a month. Maybe I just wait it out. And, like, <laughs> and then see, so I was not prepared at that point mentally. Um, and in, in the end, I just, just flew across and come. And it was shocking at first. Like the, I think the first thing that was really shocking, two things for sure, was just uh, the traffic. Yeah. Like the was everywhere and there's just so much people. And the food. The food took a while to get used to. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for 17 years now and I'm still not used to the food. <laughs> so... Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I will never get used to it. <laughs> I think I'd, I've definitely gotten used to it because um, initially I was always like on an adventure. Every time I'd finish my studies at the language center, get prepared for lunch, I'd be like, okay, whew, let's go. We're going to try something different today. And you know, they have the, the buffets. 
and um oh there was a lot of hit and misses yeah <laughs> i was like what is that this right. really <laughs> and i was uh, there was one time i was at the buffet and then i guess it's, it's, it's taiwanese or chinese culture but um there was do- like a, a dog in the restaurant and i was like it's a buffet restaurant why is the dog walking around what is go- <laughs> yeah the, the hygiene fun. standards are a little bit different sometimes it's different it's different so it really took some time getting used to it and now i know um two two reasons why i know for sure i've, I've gotten used to it um the food i eat now the food i like now like um Pidan tofu, mm. um, and some of these unusual food. I, I I like it. And when my mom visited two years ago, I was introducing her to some of the some of the local food, and she was like, "What? No, what is this?" And I was like, "Hey, how Hey, this is our food. Hey, 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 don't don't insult my food." Right, right, right. You became Taiwanized. <laughs> you became Taiwanized. <laughs> So uh, what what are some, can you explain uh, what St. Lucia is like, what, what life was there growing up, what your family is like, what some contrasts to Taiwanese culture to everybody who doesn't know Taiwan or doesn't know St. Lucia? Oh, great. Um, so St. Lucia, like I said, is an English-speaking island, very small island, uh, mm. independent country. And, What's the population, uh, roughly? Do you know? population is yeah. 200,000, so it's a small island. 300,000? 200,000. 200,000. That's, wow. Yeah, that's wow, that's tiny. Yeah, wow. That's pretty tiny. Yeah. Um so when when Taiwan's Tony say, "Oh, Taiwan's a small island." I'm like, "Hello." Yeah. <laughs> Taiwan <laughs> has 23 million for the people yeah. who don't really know. It's it's much yeah, different. Really yeah. Much different. And it's a uh well, the name St. Lucia is French because mm. my country was um colonized by both um the French and the English. So a lot of the names of the streets and buildings is French people's names. Uh, a lot of French influence, and we also have a second language, which is French Creole. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so it's almost like Taiwan, you have know, Taiwanese and Chinese. And growing up, it was a very it's a religious society. I think seventy percent Catholic, um, and a bit conservative. Um, and growing up, we have a lot of influence, like from American culture, so pretty Westernized. Um, um, in terms of the music, in terms of the culture, in terms of the food. And um, it was different in the sense that um, I think one thing is always amazes me in, in, in Taiwan in terms of cultural differences. I think people and personalities is that Taiwanese are just so shy and, and very just modest and, and very, you know, kind and sweet. But back home, we're very direct. Um, yeah. We're very to the point, we cut to the chase and we're very, we live life, I think, um on the edge like on the end like taiwanese you know they would work hard and save and be very obedient but i think solutions we have a certain mentality was today is friday i'm gonna party and you know get wasted or go to the beach and have fun and then we'll see about if i make it to work on monday <laughs> so it's, really yeah, it's really um a, a party so a lot more vibrant culture and like taiwanese actually we are very very warm and welcoming and friendly because we're a tourist destination yeah we welcome tourists by hundreds of thousands every year from the canada from the uk from the us beautiful resorts beautiful hotels and what people most times say is that solutions are friendly very nice almost like taiwanese like if someone is lost or someone wants to find a place we will take them there probably drive them in their car wow and i remember i was there was this wife of an ambassador a former ambassador to to taiwan who lived in St. Lucia, and she was giving a story and she remembered uh, this one day when it was raining and she had no umbrella and she's trying to get to back to her house or to the embassy and um 
this this Tanushan woman, I think it was a vendor, street vendor. She's like, oh, hey, ma'am, do you need help? Where are you going? Are you going to play? Oh, no problem. And she called, uh, I think, her son to pick the lady up and drop her to her residence. And she was like, you know, Tanushans are also very friendly, very, very similar to Taiwan in that sense. So it's very, maybe it's an island sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. Where we, we Because we're on the small island, we have to stick uh, for each other. We have mm-hmm. to fend for each other so i think that's maybe part of the idea why people are just so welcoming and so warm and, and so nice i think if, if, even if you look at um how taiwan has handled the coronavirus and the people we have this community mentality is we need to wear the mask because we all need to be safe versus yeah ah, my freedoms and my rights uh, i'm not putting the mask on do you understand me <laughs> so, yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it's a very it's a very different um culture i think mm. living on an island Mm. Well, you you know you may hate Tom and Jerry and his entire family, but you know we have to live together. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Let me ignore this call. All right. That's okay. So, uh, have have you been to Bali? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't been to Bali. Because I don't know. I I have been to Bali, and the way I imagine maybe Saint Lucia, other Caribbean islands, is maybe lifestyle-wise a little bit like Bali. But I might be completely wrong about that. It's a lot of a lot of foreign tourists, and ba- people there, the, the locals, really they don't work that much. It's it's very compared to like uh, um, Taiwanese cultures or, or German cultures. It's it's not a lot of office work or business it's it's really just you have a like maybe a little restaurant around the corner or you sell some some um souvenirs or whatever or a surf shop uh, uh, it's, what people what do people really do in, in saint lucia is it is it a lot of work or just a lot of freedom um surfing and stuff like that i think it's a bit of a both because um we have like tourist spots so, yeah. so like you probably imagine like places like uh like bali was it's like tourist destination so people um street vendor and they sell coconuts and stuff like that on the beach but then we have like the city center and like towards the north where you have casinos oh and wow hotels and um business centers so it's, it's a mix of both but you find that even people who work in the banks and all these the, the financial districts they understand what it is to party because it's <laughs> pretty many <minutes away. laughs> yeah. like people party on a friday night until sunday morning sunday afternoon when they barbecue at the beach mm. and, and then they oh i can work tomorrow yeah there's this idea of taiwanese working from a 8 a.m to 10 p.m at night kind of mentality does not exist yeah when, when it's five o'clock 4 59 my bag is packed and I'm ready to leave the door. Right. <laughs> you yeah. so it's, it's, I think it's a nice balance of, of, of um, work and play mm. that, that, that we have, uh, which is different in, in terms of Taiwan. I think yeah. what I understand, that what I've observed about Taiwan is that people work for the majority of their lives. And when they are 60, 70, 50, then you see them, you know, in the park doing all the Kung Fu and like traveling. It's like this, they live a new life. Right. When, yeah. They, yeah, so it's, I guess it's, it's different. This is a really different uh, measure of, of, of life. And it's so be, before coming to Taiwan, was your plan to just get a degree here and then go back to St. Lucia and do business That's, there? Or what was it? That is correct. My plan was uh, just to get my first degree here and probably move to Canada or to move back home to oh. complete my studies in business. But I had always had a passion for, for music. Uh, I was from a high school middle school i was involved in in theater 
um, different plays, musicals, and I always wanted to do music. I had actually formed a band um, before I'd, c I'd come to Taiwan. But the music industry back home is, is like in many other countries, is not uh, sustainable long yeah. term. Um, so obviously family would be worried. They'd be like, oh, man, you should get a job in the, in, in, in the business sector, in the economic sector. Are you a bright guy? Come on, don't, don't, you got to be smart. So I was... Did your parents kind of push you that way or what was it? They, they, yeah. they, they definitely did. Mm. And um, so that's why I had chosen my degree in, in economics. And I was good at anything I did study. So, because I, I did, got, I got a scholarship. I was probably um, the second in the island for my my um studies so it was wow i, I also had the responsibility <laughs> to, <laughs> to are you are you kind of known uh, in saint lucia uh, uh, do people yeah, become yeah. famous when they're that uh good like uh, academically or you're a singer yes in a sense because um you if you top the island for the exams the press and then the news and then i was also very active in a lot of um uh clubs and groups back home uh mm -hmm. like leaders programs and heading different organizations and stuff so i was pretty active back home um and even for my involvement in theater as well theater and music so i would say people had known me before actually coming to to taiwan um but then i decided you know i'm gonna put my dreams aside mm. um, and get a degree first but i think by the second year of my studies in e economics when i bumped into e econometrics <laughs> And uh, microeconomics, I was like, you know what? This is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was studying in Chinese. Right. I, I did. I did my degree in Chinese. Um, and it was tough. It was tough because you had to. I had to choose between. Um, when the lecturer is speaking, you can either focus on what he's saying. Yeah. Or try to understand what he's writing on the board, or try to understand what's in your book. You can do all three at the same time. So, so it was it was pretty challenging i think my st studies at university was i think self-studies because um we had to decide to use your book and and, yeah. and 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 pass the courses you you attended the classes because you needed the the attendance course right yeah same <laughs> so my my experience here in university was because i was the only basically the only foreigner in my whole class uh there were actually two foreigners uh the other guy was vietnamese Okay. But I'm the only white guy or Westerner. So when I didn't appear in class, the professor would always say, okay, name roll. Okay, he's not here. Let's see who else is not here today. <laughs> but when I was there, they didn't really care too much. So like I would really stuck out so much. So I would, I would, I would always have to be there. And every day there would be some Taiwanese classmates who just skipped class because they just gambled, took the gamble that the teacher just wouldn't care if they're there. But if I'm not there... The teacher knows he can see it so i feel like i had to sit in class every day even though i it wasn't really necessary i feel like they had all their powerpoint presentations and the powerpoint presentations were basically just summaries of what's in the book anyway that is correct almost one to one right that's correct. And so I could have just stayed at home and read the book there and saved a lot of time. But I don't know. It's just how university it's, is. University in Taiwan completely... Uh, um, did not meet my expectations of university. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I had imagined two things. Two things. First, you would meet a lecturer that inspires you. That's like blows your mind. Like someone who's intellectual or someone who's interesting. Or like, wow, 
this guy says, oh, dictatorship is the best way in the world. Like, whoa, okay, let me give you a point. So let's understand, like, it wasn't engaging or interesting in that yeah. context. And, I mean, maybe it was Hollywood in the movies. We saw, like, how fun university life would be. And how <laughs> yeah, it's not like all U.S. Parties, university life. Yeah. All, all the hotties, the hot babes on campus. And... <laughs> nope, 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 yeah. nope. It wasn't Fr- close. Frat parties, nope, none of that. <laughs> Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Well, there, there are fraternities uh, or sororities in Taiwan, but they're just so, they're almost like, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it called? The, the, uh, damn it. The, 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 the girls who like the, the cookies who go to door to door and sell cookies. Oh, oh, oh. What is, what is, I forgot the name. What is it called? Uh, the, the Boy Scouts. Like, like, like the frat parties, it's more like Boy, Boy Scout party. It's just so tame because I feel like Taiwanese people, they're so sheltered uh, in their upbringing. When they go to college, they don't even know how to go crazy. Like they're going crazy. It's like skipping class. <laughs> yes, yeah, skipping class or riding the scooter to the beach uh, with a girl on the ba- in the back and then just having like kissing and that's it. That's as that's already crazy to them, right? Oh, so rebellious! My mom doesn't know I have a girlfriend, but I'm secretly taking my girlfriend to the beach. Whoa! It's <laughs> it's it's just so different. So it really is. Did you feel like it was hard to kind of connect with your classmates? Because I had the problem. I, I, I just two different worlds. Uh, it was hard to connect because you, you had two kinds of classmates: the one who's overly zealous and wants to make a, t- a, t- a foreign friend. It's like, hey, where are you from? And like, so there. He's more interested in the idea of a foreigner than actually meeting a Yes, friend. absolutely. <laughs> I had the same experience. And then you have those who just don't care who you are, what yeah. you are. You ask for help, they don't care. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's a group. Um, so, I mean, there was one class I, I flunked, and I would know if I had a friend in the class, there was a, it, it would not have happened because the grades was, I think, 20%. 15 to 20 percent of our of our final score yeah and um the lecturer took four random attendance uh reports during this during the semester mm. and i was absent for three <laughs> <laughs> well that's on you though i i, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, i don't really think it's luck because like i said they say it's random but they say oh the black guy isn't there let's see who's who else is in here like if you were if you look taiwanese you wouldn't even have noticed but they say the foreigner isn't there okay now i can take the names take the attendance and that that i i flunked because i got 59.1 <laughs> oh shit when attendance was 20% of the mark i remember writing a letter to the to the lecturer and you know trying to bring it up to to the dean and nobody didn't care it's like yeah get out of here <laughs> wow, but there was that street because my professors usually when you're close to 60 you need 60 to pass right they wouldn't give you 59 that's almost like rubbing it in your face ha ha you're missing one point like they could also give you 40 or 50 but 59 is just just silly right it is but i did have some really good lectures and i remember my first calculus class because i hadn't done um stats or like calculus before um secondary for before university and my first semester was like a disaster so then the lecturer was like you know what okay do a presentation on um was it 
trigonometry or something mm. and in, introduce your country and I'll give you 20 and I'll give you 15% or 20% and that that allowed me to pass my first semester so <laughs> I was pretty lucky I think yeah but some of the lectures were really kind and, and yeah really I feel a lot of professors are actually really kind to foreigners maybe because some of them have also studied in the US so they know yeah. you kind of have to have some some leverage not leverage some lee, leeway from the from the uh professors Absolutely. yeah okay you're a foreign student in taiwan i know it's can, it can be pretty tough definitely. yeah but the, the first the first weeks of university definitely is mind-blowing because honestly the online system to register for courses what is that yeah <laughs> they don't that? explain it very well it's, it's very confusing honestly it's like a a maze i think when you try to integrate into taiwanese society and you don't um know much chinese you have to fend for yourself and you have to find someone who, who can really help and and depend like i think for basic living getting around uh, taiwan is, is pretty uh it's english there's a lot of english around so people speak you could mm. get by but if you want to be i think a uh successful member of society or have a good great contributions in whatever field you are or you have to you have to really know mm. and understand chinese or have someone who can really help you because i mean many foreigners i have met 10 15 20 years they don't speak any chinese yeah i think that would be mind-boggling for me to not understand right. what people are saying around me what i'm hearing that would drive me insane like for me i want to learn taiwanese really really bad because i want to understand what people are saying but it's obviously in taipei um there's not much exposure to, to taiwanese language so it'll take some time i guess to actually learn that but just not knowing or not understanding is is it really gets me it's like mm. i want to know what you said about me what did you say <laughs> so, right so um yeah, and people always know. tell me hey you should learn taiwanese taiwanese is, is gonna make your career even better i'm like okay how am i gonna learn it can you teach me that or like no i don't know how to teach it they can all speak it but they have no idea how to teach. Like they, they think they can teach you three words and then you're suddenly able to speak Taiwanese fluently. It doesn't work that way. It's so it hard. Like it doesn't work like that at all. I mean, one way I've started learning bit by bit is because I sing. So yeah. I learned Taiwanese songs and I would pick some of the words in, in the lyrics and then relate them to basic living and try to connect them step by step. But that process is very slow. <laughs> yeah. It does not. It does not get you anywhere. Yeah. And uh, the only Taiwanese that I speak fluently is swear words. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. Because I I play basketball, so on the basketball court, I was I would always hear them curse, and I I curse when I play, and I I, I play terribly. So those are always the words I picked up just by playing basketball with other Taiwanese guys. Yeah. <laughs> But how did how how did you learn Chinese? Because you only went to the language center for for one year, right? I went there for two years. I feel like one year was not even close uh, uh, to enough to to be able to speak it fluently. You must have improved a lot later on in college, or maybe even after that, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, one year is absolutely not enough, especially for university studies. Mm. It's it's impossible. So at the college, we had um, we had the option of taking more courses in the language center but it was just like uh, one class a week like three hours a week which yeah. is not enough either i think learning was really um speaking with Taiwanese friends and um dating or like having close friends it really helped for you to be able to express and understand and maybe uh 
because um I'm a musician like you you maybe more sensitive to sounds and tones and languages for somehow it's easier to pick up but definitely in my second third fourth year I became a lot more fluent because mm. I remember looking at videos of myself um recording a introduction in in Taiwanese in in Chinese and just laughing like what is he saying what <laughs> Or like people I had met like uh, in my first year of college, and then um, maybe a few years later I meet them, and they're like, "What? What a tiana! Someone tiana from Thailand!" And I was yeah. like, "Was it that bad? Oh my God!" <laughs> yeah. I I think I I used to sound like a robot, and I think uh, I'm pretty sure I did because whenever I hear Germans who've been in Taiwan for only a couple months speak Chinese, it's so robotic. Because we try to get all the all the sounds right, all the all the tones. The tone. So we're like, "Wo bu xi huan shi chou dou fu." It's just so wrong. It's like so stupid. Yeah, I, I, I used to I used to go like I used to visualize all the tones of every character in my head when that I. That is amazing. Yeah, but I I, because I really wanted to get everything right. I gave up on the tones like a long time ago. But you sound good. Like, how did? What was your method? How did you get it right? I don't know. Like, I honestly, so I because there was a point in time it was defeating. I was like, I can't get these tones right. Every time I would say a new word to a friend, like I would look at the character, I could recognize it. I say the word to someone. I have the phone in my hand, and they're like, "Huh? You saw someone? What did you just say?" I'm like, maybe if I'm saying Gong Yuan. Gong Yuan, like the wrong tones, right? And be like, mm. be like Gong Yuan, Gong Yuan, just some, Gong Yuan. I be like, oh, this character, oh, Gong Yuan. I'm like, oh my, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why is it so hard to understand? It's almost the same. Right. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's just that was the part part of the challenge. And yeah. uh, I think learning songs was a method of of improving the uh, and learning better Chinese.、Mm. And then I realized too. Because、um, I listen to other singers and other foreigners who sing Chinese songs, there is a there's a difference when you understand the lyrics and sing and deliver than when you just repeat. The, yeah, the absolutely. It's I feel it's the same with acting. When I actually understand what I'm saying, I can act much better than if I just have to mem- if I just memorize the line and spit it out with no f- emotion or feeling、uh, understanding. Yeah. Yeah, that that is definitely true. That is true. So, but、uh, when you were a college student, you already、uh, kind of were, were trying to get into the entertainment industry. How how did that happen? Because you came here, basically giving up on your or putting aside your dream of becoming a singer. Then how did you transition from just being a college student to being a singer in Taiwan? Being a singer. So、uh, go back to the story in the beginning. So when I. Uh, was when I met the,、uh, the mutual friend that we have, Nita.、Mm. It was just random. We went to this nightclub, and there was a singing competition. I went up on stage, I sang, and the owner happened to know an, an agent in Taiwan, and they had contacted me a few times. Now, initially, when they contacted me, I was like, "Who the hell is that? This is weird. Like, stop calling my number." I actually gave them my friend's number, because I mean, I came to study, and I. Some random stranger is telling you, "Oh, come and sing, or come and work at this company." You're like, "Ah,、uh, my visa says work, student. I cannot work. What are you saying? Don't get me in trouble." And I think for a few months, I I ignored. I didn't I didn't、uh, give into the request, and eventually I did. And then in my second year, I was able to do the student work visa, where you could work for I think a few hours a week. Yeah. And I started performing, learning songs. 
I started performing at weddings, um, performing at events, and it was it was just an amazing feeling to be back on stage, which is something I'd always wanted to do. And um, so basically, my 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 life was work during the week, and then on the weekend I, I get to perform somewhere or like sing a Taiwanese song or meet some people. And it was like slowly building something. Um, eventually, when I did graduate in twenty eighteen. I at that point, initially I was like, 2018, leave Taiwan, bam, let's get out of here. And um, but because I started performing and singing and making these connections, and I had my previous um, company, I decided to stay, and um, decided to perform and sing. Initially, it it was tough because, um, st still when you work at an agency, um, and you perform gigs or part time, it's not enough initially to sustain. Um, you know, you're, it's a side you're, you're gig. Yeah. It's a side gig. So I had to still had to teach English part yeah. part time, and that at time became very taxing because it was teaching English during the week and then performing. Or I had to always have to change out, like leave because I had to perform. And mm. initially, my first boss was like, "Make up your mind. Are you a singer or a teacher?" Yeah, same. I had the same problem. Yeah, because I, I I started working for a Taiwanese company and um, I was getting invitations for TV shows and. I asked him, can I go there? It's like the, the hourly pay is way higher than sitting in the office for an hour. I, I don't even have to leave all day. Let's let me leave for like the afternoon. And then he's like, no, 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 you have to make a decision. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's hard. It's very it's hard. hard. It's really hard. Luckily I had a boss who was very, my second school I taught at was very understanding. Um, I just had to find a sub. I had to find a good sub. And I was able to leave, uh, but the students would uh, get curious, like Teacher Victor, where are you going? Or eventually, when I did take part in the uh, Jungle Voice, selling so well, it was like a career changing moment. Um, it, things got much different. I was after that, I was almost able to quit teaching uh, uh, completely, uh, but then Corona happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was really funny i i just left my previous job i was like oh i'm famous now bye bye and then, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. pride comes before the fall <laughs> and then um i started working gigs good income and then bam the virus hits no gigs no performances nothing and i'd be like oh i need to <laughs> so can i come back i regret what i said last week <laughs> i'm not famous i'm sorry <laughs> So it was pretty difficult in the beginning. Cause did you go I mean, back to teaching or what did you do? I went back teaching part-time. I yeah. did like online teaching because I had to pay the rent. Yeah. I had to pay that for food. And um, it was, it was, because it was funny because like at that point, the show was extremely popular. Mm. Like um, I would leave my house, I'd be at the 7-Eleven, I'd be at the breakfast place, I'd be at the gym, like everywhere. It's like, Waiter, waiter, I love your voice, I love your voice, I love your voice. Like, I'm like, man, this is happening. What this is crazy? This is my dream. Like, wow, I want this. And then it was coronavirus. <laughs> so right. it was hard to, because at, at that point, when when someone uh, from a singing competition is like a, a platform, a uh, stepping stone to bigger things. So you should yeah. at least release your album uh, and move on to bigger things or have more performances and so forth. But um, because of the virus, a lot of companies, my company, the budget was just just obliterated mm. and we couldn't do much so it was almost like being stagnant for at least a year yeah more than a half uh, yeah and um that brought some i think some clarity and some reflection and 
I, I think finding, finding some humility. <laughs> finding, finding your your purpose, and you know what? Okay, if I want this, it's gonna take some more hard work, and right. uh, we have to put in put in the work and and push through, yeah. push through this 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 nightmare of of this coronavirus. Yeah, when something comes so easy and so fast, it can also go really fast, and it's really hard. I feel like in Taiwan, it's very easy to become famous. But it's really hard to sustain it for a long time because the industry is not super big, and I also feel like Taiwan doesn't really have a big appreciation for talent. It's always like how they can package somebody. There are a lot yeah. of really, really good singers who are not nobody knows, and some more famous people who are not good singers who just yep. fit a certain image that they can promote. And I guess it's the same in the U.S. But I guess in the U.S., you have the, the audience is just so big that so you big. can, if you are really talented, you can always make enough money in the United States. You don't have to be famous, but you will always find a job. But in Taiwan, you can be an amazing singer, and there's just not enough gigs to go around. Yeah, so, so how how did you um, how did you deal with that, or how do you how do you approach it emotionally? Because um, a lot of people told me, like when I got into the entertainment industry, like do, don't you want to do a normal job? Like if you go back to Germany, you could make way more money if, uh, working in an office job than in Taiwan. It's much safer. TV shows, you cannot just live, uh, make a life by living, but uh, by going on TV shows every week because it's something like maybe that show gets canceled or um, that you're not popular anymore. And so, mm -hmm. so have you made up your mind that this is what you're going to do or are you just living in the moment uh, what what exactly is your mindset oh you know, great great question uh, i think it's always for me in the past year and a half it's always about uh, making the right connections like mm. meeting the right people and collaborating with the right people to remain relevant and also like uh creating um new things or, or, or constantly working or re releasing a new song working on a new project trying different things trying modeling uh trying a different tv show um trying acting because you yeah. always have to find yourself always like racing um to to to, to, to remain so people remember who you are and, and mm. people know who you are. but it's, it has been difficult because i think in in taiwan there is a particular uh stereotype that um foreigners kind of have to fit um, like, oh, I Taiwan, why it's total Yeah, and if if you want to become like, um, I think an authentic artist, this is kind of contrary to what you want to do. Right. But if you don't do that, you don't actually fit the expectation or fit the mold. So you, your numbers or popularity is not as much as someone who's like Taiwan and oh, Tianjin, she took a deep It's like Taiwanese at the same time, they don't take someone who's like that as serious as an authentic artist mm. it's really contradicted in the sense because um i find it like i always find myself i don't want to be like a, a, a comedian yeah like someone who's like uh joke 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 because i think for me my, my music is is about something more more sentimental uh, mm. there's, there's a message there's there's what it is love what it is um family or something more more serious and more deep mm -hmm. and it's if you have this comic uh, uh, sort of image and you attach to something deeper, like people don't buy it. Right. People always only expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really, it's been actually difficult trying to mold that um, 
idea of of, of the image that I want or, or the message that I want mm. to how I want to impact people with the song. But I think for me, what has worked is that um, people still f- hear or feel the genuine connection uh, with my voice and like with 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 the ability to bring emotions to the music. And um, it's been hard to uh, work on it because my previous previous company I worked with. Um, how do I say it? Um, <laughs> I think we had different objectives, different different goals. I, I wanted to to do music full time, uh, like be a committed artist, uh, albums and concerts and so forth. But they were more of like gigs, shows, uh, events. So that kind of contradicts uh, the model, and they were not willing to invest in terms of what I wanted. So in, eventually we had to part ways. And But doing that on your own requires a lot of investment, requires mm-hmm. a lot of connections. So it has been challenging to, to achieve that. Um, and like you asked, like, how long do I want to do this? How long can I sustain this? Um, I'm going to try until I'm burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have nothing else. Because yeah. for me, I, if I walk away from this now, I obviously regret. I obviously think yeah. about. You want to give it your all first before you really call it. I want to give it my all. Yeah. So, do I see myself ten years, another five years, another twenty years? I don't know. Mm. If, if it does work out, then yes, mm. definitely. Um, but if if not, then I'll know when I'm burnt out, and mm. I always think of Plan B, Option B, Option C, D. Yeah. Do you do you only focus on the Taiwanese market, or do you like uh, maybe you could? make an, uh, more or become more famous by singing Taiwanese songs or Chinese songs, or maybe you actually prefer singing English because that's your native, you know, your, your mother language, right? So what, 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 is, what do you really want to do? You kind of have to have a compromise between what you can sell here and what you're maybe the best at. So that, that, that is correct. So, um, cause my music, I, I release even the last song I released, it was an English song, um, because I still think that it's important to have this, international appeal uh, yeah. um, um, but but realistically for me I am in Taiwan now mm. so I have to still have to uh, meet the Taiwanese market so for me it yeah like it's a great point I will be doing both at the same time as, mm. as much as I can to see which one picks up or, or which one can can be more sustainable but but for now the reality is that since I am in Taiwan I have to sort of cater to the Taiwanese market and as well simultaneously release something for the international market mm. uh, but luckily i think um the internet now with tiktok and all these these social media platforms is a lot easier to have both markets mm. but it's also very important to know where is your base to know where is your home um and when i look at my my statistics in terms of my streamings my followers my listeners still majority for now 70% is still Taiwan. <laughs> so as an actress, it, it, only only 70%. I feel like 30% for an audience is actually quite impressive, I would say, because your your platform is really in Taiwan. Like uh, if I look at my statistics, I don't even know, I haven't looked at the statistics in a while, but like my, my YouTube channel is not specifically for Taiwanese people, but the vast, vast, vast majority is, is Taiwanese uh, viewers. So I, I would assume probably 80% or so. So mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, okay. I think it's pretty good. Like, yeah, with your music. What about Saint Lucia? Do you still have some exposure there? Do you, do you have friends who can maybe um, network for you or with you? Yes, I have been thinking of that recently because I haven't been. When you're away from from your home for seven years, eight years, you kind of lose relevancy. People kind of forget. Yeah. So um, I've had to recently think of how I could um, 
collaborate and still remain relevant. What I have done is that because we have um, an embassy here, I've kept close ties with the uh, the ambassadors and the embassy in San Lucia, sorry, in, in, in Taiwan. Mm. Um, and that has, through that relationship, I have worked with um, some of the artists who came to Taiwan to perform and so forth. So that was part of my idea as well in terms of um, using a, a cultural connection mm. because government policy or whatever, they would want to promote the islands, uh, the, the, the two islands uh, and the culture. So it uh, been a mix of doing both of that while simultaneously um, promoting yourself in, in the Taiwanese market. So it's a lot of experimenting, actually. <laughs> it's a lot of trial and error and, and working different things. But I think it's the fun part because things just change like one because for me one tv show just change everything you know one advertisement one movie one tv show things could change in in a matter of mm. a day or just one opportunity so i think what's important is is knowing uh what what is your message and what what do you want to achieve and and mm. just stick into it somehow just, just stick into it yeah and you're also a guest on talk shows sometimes right yeah yeah are uh, you a regular or just uh, every now and then you appear and uh because you know, like my old TV show that that's not on air anymore. I was basically on every night, right? And then now, because the show is over, I can go on other shows and a little, be myself a little bit more. Because like in, our, in that TV show, we kind of had to fit in a certain role that we had. But now, when I go on other shows, I can be a little bit more myself, which I enjoy. Like when you go on TV shows, uh, do you go as yourself, or are you the the black guy or what 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 exactly do you do when you go uh, I, so i i do go as, as as myself i do go as as a waiter and um i always try to introduce because the audience know a little bit more of, of me and, and my country because people taiwanese is still very um well i use ignorant loosely no not, not as a, an insultive term yeah they, they just don't know enough about especially like, i don't even know anything about saint lucia right. i'm sorry but yeah it's just yeah so for most times it's like they don't know so it, it, i bet i bet if, if i were to say i was from the us i would be i had a lot more bookings on yeah my, probably my, yeah oh yeah we want to hear the american opinion right right so so for me it's, it's just slowly you know kicking the the ball the, the can down the hill to be, mm. get more exposure get people to know more but for me i've never felt that i had to be something that that i wasn't or had to mm. exaggerate too much because for you know the tv shows are all about um shout yeah so for me, if, if I go on this TV show and there's maybe the Tsitsurin uh, fan, oh, Xiao Go Hai That's fine because at that point I was myself. Yeah. So it's no. just for anybody who doesn't speak Chinese, Xiao Go is like a certain comedic effect or like an entertainment effect that people have in a show. They might, there's a lot of stuff that they would say that's not actually their opinion or um, that's just set up just to give the audience like a a laugh or, or something so we have to basically cater to that a, a lot yeah yeah and and some some of this i mean i i know a few of the the, the the persons who go on the tv shows and some of the stories i know for sure are exaggerated or made up yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i mean like reality tv like keeping up with the kardashians or whatever i mean half of their stuff is probably scripted right probably more than half and you just exaggerate you just yeah i mean that's how it is definitely definitely so i mean i i have I have had to probably change the, and in the story I, I I would have described or said change the the what was the word I'm looking for. 
the name or, or, or change like because you, you don't want people to recognize oh you, oh you're speaking about that ex of yours yeah, oh, yeah yeah you have to kind of change yeah. a few details here and there you say i had a i had a friend I actually was a girlfriend or uh, i went to this place but actually you went to different like yeah you want to yeah can kind of blur the details a little bit yeah, yeah, I, i've done that a lot yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know because sometimes you say oh a friend of mine and then his girlfriend blah 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 it's, it's actually your ex <laughs> <But> you <don't... laughs> yeah right 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 you don't want to be too personal yeah, you want to yeah. hit male or something <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. i've gotten into i've gotten in trouble because of that um oh, really? yeah so because I, i i never named any names at all because i I uh, respect people's privacy and I don't want my shit out there. Although people have talked shit about me in public, but so um, an ex girlfriend's family of mine spread rumors, like made up rumors about me in the news because I was telling stories about what happened between me and my girlfriend, my then girlfriend. Oh. So they, they almost ruined my career. Uh, making stuff up and i was thinking about suing but everybody told me that nah, you can't it's not going to work you're a public person you, you're not never going to win it's just going to cost more it's going to draw more attention to this so i just let it go but to this day people could google and look up those stories and say yeah okay zash has a piece of shit he did this and this and this and i i, I oh can't do that so it's really messed up because i'm out in the open people know my name they can they have my picture they can put everything together but i just said yeah my girlfriend did this and this and this and nobody knows who she is so like, it's not like i attacked her image or anything like it doesn't make any sense but yeah that's that's how it is as a celebrity in taiwan celebrity, yeah definitely yeah. I, luckily i have not had any sort of uh what do you call hey fun or like any of these swan swan ming yeah yeah haters yeah i have not had any of these haters um I've had like some nasty comments that I just delete or I just like oh this is insensitive yeah. whatever. What what are they what are they like? Uh... <laughs> I think funny some of them are actually pretty funny uh feel. No, they're pretty pretty. There was this one uh shoot I had of like a plus size model. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this girl <clears throat> this person commented very nasty it was like um oh um oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even say it huh? All right. So it wasn't about you. It was the other about the the female model as well. He was saying that um, uh, he said two things. So one, he was like, "Oh, that this fat, ugly girl, no one wants." Um, and obviously, since no one wants it, this this is the the kind of girl this black guy could fuck because they fuck anything. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I was like, who hurt you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who hurt you? I have sometimes I have these, I have a few. I don't have, I don't think I have that many haters, at least not a lot of haters that comment on my stuff. But I get mm. these very loyal haters that appear like every time I just say the same stuff over and over. Oh my God. <laughs> I, it's just that, yeah, I, I, have, I have a nickname. Uh, I, I think it's actually very funny. <laughs> I think it's very creative. So the nickname is Yue Pao Xia. You know what Yue Pao is, right? And because my name yeah. is Shao Xia, and Xia is like a superhero. It's like super, like <laughs> so. It's like Yue Pao. He's like he's like the. It's like a uh, fuck body man or like uh, like one night stand man or something. I, I, I would make a, a a brand of condoms with that name. Yeah, but I, I like this is actually a really funny name. I. Of course, I don't feel proud being named your apology, but I think the person who came up with that 
it's really creative. I think it's very funny. I I like a good roast. So yeah, but uh, you know, it, it's um, it's uh, it's a little bit difficult sometimes because, I mean, I'm a normal person and we we do things that normal people do, but then there are Ooh. double standards. Like you as a foreigner or as a celebrity are not allowed to do certain things that every random person can do. Yes. Because we are held to higher standards, but I'm not holding, I think I'm holding myself to pretty high standards, but I'm not, I'm not, um, abusing, uh, abusing your, 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 yeah, your I'm not taking advantage of right. anything. Uh, I'm not abusing my position. Like I, I think what I can do, everybody should, should be allowed to do. And I should be allowed to do what everybody else can. I think there should be a double standard for how we live our lives, right? You know, it's so ironic. I, I find a lot of um, Taiwanese celebrities, because, you know, in the circles, we meet a lot of them. Yeah. And some of them, they appear, like, so happy and so oh, yeah. uh, fine on TV. But like, they're very miserable. They yeah. cannot find love. They cannot find a partner. They feel very restricted by the, the Taiwanese standards because if I if I date this person and then oh I, I go out and I meet someone and I sleep with them then oh I'll be like a Zana and all yeah I'll be like and I'm like but these are superficial standards this this is not yeah. real standards. Yeah. you should everyone this is human nature we go out right. and meet someone feel great we have a drink and then what happens that, that night is, is between us we two yeah. consent. But not even uh, just like, having a one at center or something, just having a relationship. I mean, it, what's really strange in, in Asian, uh, I, mean, I don't know about all, like, but Taiwan, China, Korea, Japan, especially female artists, they cannot even have a relationship. Uh, they have like uh, their, their agencies stayed under contract. You have to stay yeah. single officially. And I'm like, who would want to sign up for that? You're, you're basically a slave to this agency because... You have to do exactly. I have a, I have an acquaintance. I, I'm not going to name names. I want to protect her, but um, there she told me about her contract. It's it's crazy. They they she has almost no rights. She cannot have a boyfriend. She cannot have a, 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 a part time job. Um, she gets a tiny tiny portion of the 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 profit she makes. So basically, like a, a, in the U.S., maybe an agency will get 10 percent, twenty percent or so. In Taiwan, there are agents who get like 70, 80% of, of what you make. Yeah, and real. then if you don't have a part-time job, you cannot, how, how are you going to pay for, for your apartment, for food? She's not allowed to have a boyfriend. She's not allowed to have a part-time job. All the money she makes goes to the agency. She basically, I mean, she's poorer than a person who works for a 7-Eleven. And she's a celebrity. How the hell... Is this legal in Taiwan? This is not okay. And then people think just because you're on TV, you have this glamorous, luxurious life. It's it's crazy. No, like agencies here have way too much power. Way too much power. And there's way too much, too many double standards of how people are there. I, I feel like in the US, if you're a, a musician, the more chicks you bang, the better. The more <laughs> scandals you have, the more famous you yeah. get. But in Taiwan, you do one thing, career over forever. Ever forever, it's done. It's so it's bad. Done. So the very famous people here, like they cannot even socialize anymore because everybody's oh. just out to get them. It's it's crazy. Out to get them with knives and, and snipers. So, so if you bad. really ever became like an A-list celebrity, what are you are you able to deal with that? Do you even that that, you... that is something I have struggled. I think for the past two years. Because I think for me, I, I'm a person, like, if I, 
when I want something, I will get it. Mm. I'll, I'll, but I think for for a long time, like there's a part of me struggling to 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 deal or compromise that part of me, that that freedom and expression, like all that comes with the fame. Do you want to give away all of that? It would it be worth it? Because I I think a part of me would resist and fight, and probably. It'll end up tragically because if if I have a scandal, I'll get ahead of it and I'll be on the news every day for the next two weeks to be like in your face. <laughs> but this doesn't work here, right? People tell you, right. no, 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 shh. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, it's like really that's how it's gonna work. Like recently, the uh, should I mention this? Anyway, let's say there was this rapper who had a, a video leaked or released recently, and then. He was like, oh, he lost, I think he lost endorsements. He had to be quiet. He had to mm. be whatever. We were talking about it. If I was a rapper and I had one video leaked, I would release another one. Yeah. In the and US, that works, do. especially as a rapper. You have to be the bad guy. People love that shit. And I'm like, I don't understand. This doesn't this, this make any sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very that, strange. That, yeah. It's really, really strange. Um, um, so, yeah, that has been. Something I think a lot of people have had to had to deal with, and then the thing is, there's there's so much incentive for, let's say, an ex of yours when one day you're famous, because the media just oh, that's Chen Yu. Yeah. What does it have to do with the music now or, or your life? Right, exactly. Oh, yes. It's so irrelevant. Mm. You know, like this big scandal recently, um, the Hong guy. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, okay, okay, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dude, I mean, actually, I would love. I, he would never agree to this. I would love to have him on, on my podcast. I I don't think he would ever say, "Who the fuck are you? You're what are you a pao xia? What type of shang shang podcast? Shen Jingbing." But I would love to have a conversation with them in, in detail because I mean, there are always two sides to a story, and people make a lot of mistakes. I have made many mistakes in my life. I've pissed off a lot of people, but. I'm not an evil person. I mean, you kind of—it's always good to have a conversation about what, where did he come from? What is this mindset? I, I think it was a lost opportunity to change a lot in in the media. If 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 he had the conviction to yeah. do so, and and that that way, in the sense that if he had the humility to do so, mm. or or if he did have the the conviction to just be badass, like mm. it was too obvious, but he chose. Uh, the one where all Taiwan is choose to just run away and hide. Yeah. Because I think if if Taiwan was a society where it, it rewards, uh, I think penance and, and and forgiveness and grace, he could have gone that road. He could have opened a church today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, written a book about how to change your life from being mm. a player. Mm. Whatever it is, people do that all the time in the U.S. Yeah. You know, or he could have just been like, you know what? I'm a rapper now. I'm a badass. I don't care. <laughs> and people would have liked that. But yeah. That, that's just that's mm. just how, how the the culture is in it. Mm. So you say your your music is inspired by love and family and um, uh, having more serious stuff, not just like comedy. Like like some of this on TV shows are more about comedy, but you're more about the artistic. Guy. Where does your inspiration come from? Um, do you take it from things that actually happen to you, things you see in the world? What exactly mm. do you write your songs about? My songs uh, come from from my past experiences. Two things: either um, stories of friends that that's really touching, um, or my own personal experiences. Um, and because I've had songs where I had a friend who was going through a bad depression, mm. and 
I didn't have the words to like comfort her or to, to like to say. And then I was able to put it into a song and, mm-hmm. and to bring that that comfort to her. And and a lot of people could actually relate to the spiraling feeling of just the darkness and and how depression gets you. And um, other songs about love, heartbreak, about falling in love, um, a family as well. Um, so I think that's what the music really comes from. Just being able to to connect and also just having some of some of these sessions like i have like music sessions with friends and we just sit in the room and just play and just come up with something original come up with something yeah. new so it's, it's always like in the inspiration and, and in the moment um i don't i know some artists they they make music for the time they'd be like oh what's popping now yeah. let's make a song about this oh what's popping now? let's make a song about this it's, it's that is kind of inauthentic to me i, mm-hmm. I really can't do that and these songs it works because i mean you know that this song was about um Polishing recently, you know that is obviously a political song made for for you know the time now, and it, it mm-hmm. was famous as hell because people like that. So uh, mm. I I think it's really interesting. Although, funny enough, I remember I did a song with Lauren some time ago, a thank you song. I just wanna thank you, and we thought, wow, this is a song for the time. It was about we as foreigners thanking Taiwan. And um, thanking our friends and our family for just being able to survive this this virus and being able to come together and unite and, and just be together as one and just. But the reception was not as we expected. No. <laughs> the media didn't pick it up. And I was was like, it because it's in English? Was it maybe you should have? It was, it was a Chinese. We had a Chinese version and oh. an English version, and it, it didn't get much traction. And I was mm. like. I thought this would have done it. I thought this would have done two foreigners singing about how much they love Taiwan. Mm. It didn't. It didn't work. Yeah, I guess you just so, have to, yeah, do your thing and not even worry too much about how people are going to receive it, right? That that is correct. Yeah. So yep, and and that's what I realized. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that again. Just you write music as you feel it. As, right. As it's authentic, and yeah. that way people can relate to it. Mm. But how was how was the acting scene in, in Taiwan here? How is, Oh, how's the acting scene? Huh. Well, there's there's TV acting and there's movie acting, which are two completely different things. It's oh. usually the, the interesting thing in Taiwan: TV actors don't usually don't make movies, and movie actors are not on TV. It's very oh. separate, and especially because most of TV acting is body and dung, right? There are some Oshangju, like uh, the soap opera, and you have more like uh, episodic uh, like TV series. But Barindang is really like soap opera style, and that's a the the audience for that is just different too. It's the older generations who watch TV every night, and I think younger generations probably maybe they watch it with their parents or grandparents, but they don't watch it but on their own. True. So the younger generation would probably be more like Oshangju. It's it's like uh, idol dramas, whatever. Idol. Um, but yeah, so I have only been on uh, the soap operas and idol dramas so far. I have never been in a movie theater movie because um, I, so far, I've been a TV person, right? Oh, and if you're in a TV person, it's really hard to get into movies, and especially because in in Taiwan, um, almost everything is written by Taiwanese people, right? And then Taiwanese people, Taiwanese writers, you write what they know. Everybody writes what they know, what they can write about. And because I guess most Taiwanese writers don't have a lot of foreign friends, that they don't know any foreign stories, and they have no reason to write about this. And maybe they write about what's actually um, um, possible to even ex- uh, um, execute to film. Mm. And if they know there are not many foreigners who can act in Taiwan, 
let's not write in foreign characters that make it more complicated oh. to film, right? So I, I have had a few roles. Um, I've I've been uh, one of the lead actors in a in a drama for uh, Tsuji, but um, I mean that was a, that was a great experience. But it's not something that I can do every year. Like you have to get lucky. There are only a handful of roles for foreigners every year. There are, there are. And, I, I got um, lucky, but unlucky last year because yeah. I was supposed to be in an uh, Oshangju. It was supposed to be filmed last year. We started mm -hmm. filming, I think, like twenty percent of of the scenes, uh, like at least five, seven scenes. And then Corona happened. Coronavirus yeah. happened. It was delayed till March of this year. But um, one of the leading actors was involved in a scandal. Mm. So I, I think. Um, there's no, no feedback for now in terms of this. this That's the weird thing. Like when you're involved in a scandal, you could actually take the publicity and make the show more famous. But I guess it's like so uh, inappropriate to do something that not everybody agrees to in Taiwan that we have to kill everything that is associated with it instead of saying, hey, you know what? This bad guy is in our show and uh, don't you want it? Like, it's, it's weird. It's just, it's just different. In the US, they would just spin it in a way to make, unless, of course, you broke the law. Like, if, if, you, if you raped somebody or if you, if you yeah. killed somebody, yeah, then, of course, we're not promoting it. But just because we don't agree with your personal choice, how you live your life, we're going to kill the project. That this is a little extreme, right? Yeah. And then it's funny because I think with the contract laws in Taiwan, you cannot. Uh, if, if you were to fire someone for an unrelated incident, they, they could counter sue you. Right. So a lot of companies just choose to drop the entire uh, script, the entire play eventually. Yeah. Right. The entire movie eventually, which is yeah. so unfortunate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I was really looking forward to that this year. Yeah. Uh, it would have been my first big, big acting stint. Um, you but... think it's still on? Are they still going to do it? I'm not sure. I, I, the last I heard from them, they said wait for us at the end of March to see what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll see. It was interesting. It, it was a it was fun experience filming um, the few scenes. That was I it your did. first time acting for TV? Uh, yes. Because you've done stage plays, right? I've done stage plays. I've done advertisements, but nothing. I think acting t TV acting is is different. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely different. I've never done stage acting. I I. I... I would be extremely scared to do it. I have stage fright. I really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, it was very hard for me to overcome my my insecurities uh, being on TV in the in, in the beginning. I remember my first um, audition for a TV commercial. I couldn't even do a self intro because I was so shy and so camera shy. And now I can do it, but I, it took a lot of like working on my my mental makeup insecurities mm. like uh, I I I think I'm a I'm a pretty good psychologist because I work to myself so much because so when wow. I see somebody else go through stuff I can I can see a lot of the things that people have in common like hey you know I've been in your shoes I know how this feels and people don't believe me because they a lot of people say yeah you seem so confident you even cocky or whatever but no it's it's uh, it took a long time to get to where I am okay. and people who don't don't know me as a 20 year old or something they don't really know the transition that i've I mean, so it is a difficult transition i think for me even um and just like i think self 
what is it self-confidence self-worth self-value and, and not being self-conscious not being feeling that like you are actually good enough because a lot of times um our idea or image of ourselves and what people see is, is completely different so yeah people see this confident sexy um handsome guy but you see all the flaws you right. see all the insecurities you see oh i've gained like two pounds oh my there's freckles on my face oh mm. i feel confident this clothes doesn't look good in me oh my pose looks so weird today this this is your mental makeup while right. someone yeah. sees whatever you put on at the end of the day and then it's always sometimes interesting like uh, so, uh maybe you do a an, you're not as prepared for a photo shoot and then your actually the result of your shoot actually gives you the confidence to continue moving on because you're yeah like, whoa this looks good. Yeah. What the heck? That's me. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh well, okay. So it's almost it's a lot of mental work. I yeah. Think. And I think the 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 thing is also we are used to seeing, uh, especially from the from Western like photo shoots or movies, and th- things are so highly processed. You don't really see the people who they actually look like, or yeah. everything is edited and photoshopped, and and uh, our movies are color graded, and there's lighting and everything. It's just so highly polished that you cannot compare what you do in your free time to a, a million dollar project, billion dollar project. So, um, yeah. So when I when I did those um, when I did uh, auditions or stuff, I because I always had these ideals of what these famous actors do, and then I would compare myself to that, and I'm like, that's not realistic. And then if you see an audition tape of famous actors when before they were famous, I'm like, oh. I think I could have done that because they, the way they look in the audition, I mean, even if they're really good, it's great, but it does not look like it does in the final, final product. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's really just going for it and not, yeah. um, because I, I was a, kind of a perfectionist. I had OCD as a kid. Yeah. I, I know the feeling. I, I yeah. So I, I was like, okay, I just forget about, trying to look super handsome forget about trying to be cool just be authentic so like i now when i act i just feel like i just want to feel right Mm. and i don't really worry too much about what i look like and then when i like when i act and then uh, i feel i did something really well or i when i feel like i did something terribly then i'll take ask the director hey can i look at the replay and then i can look if i if it um if it looks close to what I felt like I did, then I'm, I'm, I feel good. Okay, I felt good, do this again. Like keep doing this. I feel like it looks completely different. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I did something really well. But then I look at the replay and like, wow, what the fuck was I thinking? It, it, it looks completely, it looks awful, like overacting or whatever. I'm like, okay, reassess. Why, why, why did it end up looking like that, you know? Two questions. What are the standards for overacting in Taiwan? Because I... Well, again, so is it body and dung, right? Is it is it soap opera? Is it idol drama? Is it is it a movie? It, it really depends on what you're filming. What's so the filming? Yeah, oh unfortunately, TV standards for overacting in Taiwan it's it's very wooden, right? It's I feel like the problem. Okay, so stage acting is completely different than TV acting because on stage people sit like 10, 20, 30 meters away. And you have to project everything out to the audience. But oh, yeah. when the camera's in your face, you cannot do, oh, and, and this kind of stuff, right? You have to be subtle. But I feel like the subtlety is kind of lost in Taiwan. And the, the problem is also uh, something that, I, that a director told me. 
um, because they have to fill like an hour of airtime. But the, the writing, the actual action, the things happening could be done in 20, 20 minutes. So they have to fill a lot of time by just gestures. And he finishes a line and he waits. And then it's like dramatic looks. And it's just a lot of fat that has to be cut off the script or the, the editing. But they can't do it because they have to fill the time. So it's unfortunate. Uh, which is why I would really like to go, like I would like to produce stuff for, for Netflix or movies where you can really do what you want. You're not, you don't have to fill an hour. If a Netflix show is, this episode is just 30 minutes instead of 40 or 35, it's okay. You can do it. But yeah, so Taiwan is still uh, a little bit unstable in terms of Netflix. I think they, they're trying to do more now. Um, okay. I'll see. I have, I'm writing. I'm writing stuff that I hope I can pitch to Netflix, and uh, we'll see if that's possible or not. But great. That's I great. approach it from a foreign kind of perspective. I, I write English mostly. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. But, uh, But I, I, for me, I found as as a person of color in in Taiwan, what is this in TV spaces or or um, cameras like the lighting, the makeup. It's never right. Yeah, so it's always been a challenge uh, for me. Like, because the lighting is is might be suitable for um, a white person or uh, an Asian, mm. but it, it's too dark. Or if it's if it's too bright, it's, or the the makeup is, it's always been a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that perfection that you want to look. Because sometimes I I see is this one. <laughs> there's this one time in the competition. I'm gonna send you the video. Yeah. The final of the singing competition so i had a, already had my makeup and i was about to go on stage and this lady the the makeup artist did like um Zhuang, like she just just double check but she used the same fun like the same makeup mm -hmm. or on the other taiwanese as she used on me <laughs> but on stage i was gray, gray and white. I couldn't look at the video. I was so mad when I saw the video. Like the yeah. comments were hilarious. It's like, what's my wait? Wait, that was like, it was it was so funny. But like, did I offend the makeup artist? It was. Do you ever tell them, hey, can you can you redo the makeup? Is that are, are you? Sometimes I just do it on my own. I've had yeah. to learn to do my wow. makeup. Yeah. I, I bought all my makeup stuff. Yeah. I had to do it on my own because I'm like, you're not touching me. Get off my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like. I, I'm probably I don't know maybe that's just me uh, thinking uh, to uh, making myself seem too important but I, I feel like uh, I, I might have uh, upset a few makeup artists in these years because um, first of all okay so usually they, they do everything and then you, you just go but I, I have all these requests like oh don't do this too much and do, do don't do this like they like to make my eyebrows super thick and then because I mean, if I had always had thick eyebrows, I think it's okay. But I cannot have one episode where my eyebrows are like this and the one is super thick. It's just, it's too extreme of a difference. And then the hair, what they like to do in Taiwan, because this is also like generalizing, but a lot of Asian guys have flatter head, heads in the back. So they like to make their hair more bushy in the back to make the head oh. look rounder. But my head is already relatively round. So when they make my hair like like this bushy in the back, it just looks silly. So I don't, no, don't do that. So I had to do it so much. I had to tell them so much that I just now tell them I don't do my hair. I do mine by myself. And they're like, oh, okay, fine. So it's just because they're used to making, doing the hair for Taiwanese artists. And 
Asian hair is so different from from my hair. Mine is very soft and a little bit wavy. And Asian hair just sticks out like that. So the, the, the way I have to style is just completely different. So I was like, no, no, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And now yeah, most of them, they just know us. Uh, you, you do your own hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, perfect. <laughs> it's funny. I've had people say to me, oh, you don't have to be handsome. I was like, excuse me, this is TV. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, you're, you're already handsome if you don't need makeup. <laughs> <laughs> What about hair? Do you ever have to do anything for your hair or you just you, you're good as you go? Then they never touch my hair. So I, I just do it on my own because nobody actually... In fact, even in cutting hair in Taiwan, like I have to go to a, a barber from... There's one from Ghana and another one from Haiti. Oh. Um, the, I've never... I've, I've tried a few times. The, the Taiwanese have done a pretty okay job, but it's just not the feel. It just doesn't, it doesn't look same or look right yeah so um, and then you have people who are just curious just want to touch your hair like oh can i touch it oh my god can i touch it oh, oh, it's so creepy over there oh, <laughs> oh get your hands but your hands <laughs> do you also touch your nose because i get a lot of Taiwanese people touching me just a gender is, is it is it real i'm like no no i had a surgery i had a plastic surgery in my nose I'm like, really no 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 of course I'm, I'm kidding i'm like oh that's so hard yeah i know there's a bone in here <laughs> it's hard. Oh do they god. do that and my nose, no, it's just yeah. just the hair. Just there, it's the hair most time. It's, it's pretty funny, thing. right? I, I have, I get compliments on my eyelashes, mm. which is so like unusual, especially for guys. Like, I've had this one time. I remember distinctly. I was in the school, the school cafeteria, having lunch, and then the the auntie was cleaning. She's just cleaning around. She stops. She's like, "Wow, your eyelashes are so long. Is it yours? Did you? Is it fake?" <laughs> I was like, lady, I'm eating, do your job. Like, what? what is going on? <laughs> yeah. It was Taiwanese is just, I don't know, I find it amazing sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, just, you get these random people. I, I, what, I think it, what makes them so cute a lot of the time is just the, the innocence. They just, yeah. I don't believe it. They, they, they find, they're so amazed. Right, these, right. Like, this so is what I, I like. Like in in the U.S. nowadays, everything is immediately considered racist, even if it's just ignorance or curiosity. Where in Taiwan, I mean, it's not people don't have ill intentions. They're just like like a little kid. Oh, oh, your eyes. Oh, shenno. Oh, your nose. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they think I'm ugly. It's just different, you know. It's different. It's different. Yeah. I, I think you're right. It's because it's always been really hard to dissect or to like. Is it racist? No, it's not. Oh, it's crazy, but it's ignorance. Because you, because you, you don't want to overreact. You don't right. want to take offense. But you also want, you don't want to miss an opportunity to educate. Yeah, exactly. You can take that. Yeah, take that opportunity. So it has really been a mixed uh, experience. I think I would say the experiences have been better, but I'm not sure if it's because I'm known or people know me. Um, I've always had this try to like decipher. Is it? The reaction to uh, any black guy or is just people know me because initially my first few years in Taiwan, i did have some pretty uncomfortable experiences i did have one last year uh this guy from the starbucks <laughs> i didn't really show you show that story i was just sitting at the starbucks i was um uh, teaching um english to like uh, a singer um because he wanted to sing in english songs another artist and this guy wearing a kevin durant shirt 
um, accosted me in, 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 in Starbucks. Very racist uh, rant. He was like, oh, you foreigner in Taiwan, you're wasting resources. Oh, and you're black as well. Oh, get out. <laughs> um, um, um. <laughs> And he was like, oh, what are you looking at? Oh, I, 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 this foreigners, I don't like them. I was like, I was mad. I was blowing up. I was like, today I'm waiter. I need to be responsible. Please record him so like I could you know, use it after. And it was just, I, the video went viral. And, and so people... he was wearing a Kevin Durant jersey. Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah <laughs> okay i guess well at least kevin durant is not wasting taiwanese resources right <laughs> and um the, the outpouring of, of support and, and love from the taiwanese was just i was like okay feels a lot better yeah but it's, it's yeah you have I mean, way more people who like you and then you feel good yeah. about yourself right yeah you feel like okay this is not the representation of of, of the of, of taiwan no 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 but no. but um i think i think it'll take some time like there is still a lot of like anti-foreign sentiment which is in most in every country every country has yeah go back to mexico <laughs> it's the yeah i mean in a lot of countries it'll yeah. never go away it'll there's always some away. ignorance or um stupidity but yeah, it's but good. I feel I feel like there's a there's a change since I came to Taiwan. I, yes, I they do. weren't really racist before, but people are so much more open or knowledgeable now. Um, when I just came here uh, 17 years ago, there were a lot of people who were like on the street, Meg Warren, like, oh, American, American. I don't get that a lot anymore. And not because everybody knows who I am. It's just I a lot of people don't know who I am, but they just they don't assume that I don't speak Chinese or they don't assume that I'm from the US or somewhere. So I feel like people because of our TV show or similar TV shows where foreigner talk a lot and people watch this and like, okay, they're not actually aliens. They're not zoo animals. They're people like you and me. They just have a different skin color or whatever. Uh, and and uh, yeah, it, it, there's a big difference. It's not just because you're uh, famous now. It's because people are more used to seeing a, a black guy or a white guy or um, hearing a foreigner speak Chinese. That's Chinese. pretty common now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that, and then I still, oh, wow, so I like I said, shit, shit. That's all I said. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that maybe it's not entirely therefore because according based on their experience they have met many foreigners whose chinese is whack that's what taiwanese says so yeah, i'm like okay yeah. i understand i agree okay oh thank you all right because yeah. for me like when i get these compliments i'm like I, my chinese is not good enough i still there's still characters i can't read just i can't read menus i can't read signs i can't read newspapers there's still more I want to do, so don't keep on telling me that my Chinese is good. Shut up! Like, what? I want to get. <laughs> well, I th they're just. I think they also just want to be kind and encouraging. I think uh, they're actually they have, have really good intentions. So I do. always always appreciate it. I always I was chuckle, but yeah, it's 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 funny. So um, I, you recently brought out a song. It's it's called Running Back, right? Back, yes. So this Running song, Back. Uh, yeah. It's an EDM sort of remix uh, of a song I did maybe two years ago. Mm. And I just wanted to have a song released on Valentine's Day mm. that was like a typical I love you, you'll love me kind of song. Mm. The song was basically talking about a, like a love relationship that is slightly toxic, but it has is very uh is is complex you know mm. a lot of relationships it's not just fairy fairy uh, fairy tales and mm. and, and um rainbows and butterflies 
butterflies is sometimes you find yourself in in a relationship where you think you want to break up but you just love this person you can't get over them and on this valentine's day i wanted people to just you know appreciate that you actually have that love you actually have that that conflict because a lot of people actually don't experience that a lot of people are pretty alone and lonely yeah so I appreciate that love that you have and running back running back to this person you love and hate and, and want to like kill sometimes but you still love them so that's basically the, the, the song the message of the song that i wanted to release on that particular valentine's because i think um the typical butterflies and the love i love you kind of stuff this just doesn't really um reflect a lot of couples the situation mm. for many couples and I, I just i just wanted to release that kind of song because i've had so many stories of like a couple gets married um in january and then they divorced in march wow uh, somebody, somebody proposes or oh, like seven years and then the breakup is like people go through it yeah so, uh if if in the moment you were able to um appreciate the the complexity or, or the double standard or the, the word i'm looking for the, the contradiction mm. then you can actually have a, a better resolve of how you approach this relationship and you can decide whether it is i really want to stay or i really want to go because mm. people have difficulty like um being truthful like they want to pretend like everything is fine everything is yeah. love it's great I, I i'm in love with this person but deep down they're miserable so mm. you can't actually experience both you can actually have both feelings and if you're able to resolve that and, and communicate that then maybe you could find a compromise mm. or maybe you could peacefully resolve because everybody's afraid of being that bad guy mm. everybody's afraid of being yeah. the bad one in the relationship but if you, everything is out in the open and then both parties understand where both parties are coming from mm. then you could peacefully resolve and probably even remain friends yeah after breakup yeah so that's what I wanted to um to, to release in the song, but it was for an EDM sort of dance sort of message. So maybe on first listen, you probably wouldn't get all this message. You should you just probably get the beat and just like dancing mm. and whatever. And if you look at the lyrics further and you listen to the melody, then you understand. Oh, there's something deeper in this message. Because I think um people are the music now is a lot less dense. It's a lot. It's a lot of like superficial in a sense. Yeah, like, yeah. You just want to live and you just want to breathe. Yeah. Um, so you have to find a way to subtly leave these these messages of inspiration or connection in mm. your music. Still have um, the drivers of pop and EDM to mm. carry the message and people for people to like it. Yeah. So that are, are you that. working on an album currently, or uh, whatever? Yes, I'm, I'm working on an album, and it's going to be called "Alone in an Hour," which is basically be my entire journey. Um, to Taiwan, my entire story, uh, leaving uh, on the on the airplane, and then all the experiences of school, loneliness, relationships, uh, laughter, fun, heartbreaks, friendships. Mm. It's going to be, I think, an introduction of myself. Uh, nice. So that's really exciting. It's really scary at the same time, uh, being this vulnerable and, and having to, because I'm a perfectionist, and um, perfection costs a lot. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, Are, is, it, is it completely self-produced do you have an agency that that helps self-produced self -produced. wow so um yeah it's going to be interesting i i'm, I'm collaborating with, with a, uh, a music studio um uh, and some other um com uh, release company a uh, release co uh, releasing company so mm. I, I do have some connections some help to, to get it um out there but it's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. That that's a big project. Do you have a, a a time a deadline or like a a publishing date in, in mind? 
Uh, right now the the, the date is is July August. Mm, okay. August, around, around that time. So, yes, that that that's the plan for now. Is it so, uh, mostly English? Are there some Chinese songs? Uh, Chinese and English. Yeah, Chinese and English. Even Taiwanese. So, so how, how how do you decide which language you use for a song? Wow. Um. So some of the songs, like maybe most of the songs, initially it's it's an English song. Mm -hmm. um, then I would decide what feels right in terms of the melody, how how, how much it can change to a Taiwanese song or a Chinese song. There are a few songs that I did write in Chinese, mm -hmm. um, um, which which took a lot longer <laughs> than with a, a typical English song because you could just write from your mind, just think yeah. really. But in in Chinese, you have to think of like the the rhyme and then yeah. the words. Taiwanese can actually relate to it. I realize actually it's extremely difficult because the the Chinese that we speak, um, it's not the Chinese that is written yeah. in songs. Yeah. Song Chinese China. is a lot more poetic. It's not as not poetic. as colloquial. Not as colloquial. So it's been very difficult to to write in that in that in that voice. Yeah. Because I don't want when someone hears my music. Oh, it's a foreigner singing a Chinese yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Because that's this, that's perfection thing that, that you achieve. Mm. You try to, you know, you try to uh, attain. So, so that has been my 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 struggle to get that that sound. Like oh, they would think it's actually a Taiwanese singing the song, mm. and I think that's what that would probably make it make the song um, have the impact that I wanted to mm. have. Because if 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 I wanted to do a a song written and sung by a, a, a foreigner in Chinese, that's pretty easy to do. It's like mm -hmm. I need the seeds. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, learning actually the process of learning songs and then learning how to sing songs, and not understanding the lyrics, even if you could read every line, right? <laughs> understanding like how complex um these songs are, because even sometimes like I'd ask a Taiwanese friend, "What does this mean?" They're like, "Oh wow, take a so much Wow, and it's like wow. Wow, good. That's what I metaphors and in, in Chinese metaphors. songs, a lot of metaphors. Yeah. And English songs don't have that. A lot of the songs don't. <laughs> yeah, nowadays Some they don't. I feel like, yeah, I, I'm a, more of a fan of a little bit older uh, music and in, in Western mm -hmm. music. I, I feel like nowadays a lot, a lot of music is too on your nose. Direct. It's just too direct. Yeah, I like a little. It doesn't have to be super. Uh, uh, mysterious I, I it doesn't have to be everything metaphor you know but uh i think 70s 80s i like i like that music it's pretty good i, yeah, I don't yeah. listen to modern music that much i mean there are of course there are always some artists like bruno mars is amazing um yeah, true, him. um i still listen to the red hot red hot chili peppers um but the yeah i love weekends ingenuity the weekend yeah the weekend is good like I can feel my face when now you know it was. <laughs> I mean, if, if you look deep into the lyrics, you could <laughs> you could probably figure out what he, uh, what yeah, he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> so, is is he somebody who inspires you? Uh, what are some yeah. artists that you try my, to? So, The Weekend, Bruno Mars, um, Justin Bieber. In fact, oh. I was actually one. I used to be a committed hater of Justin. Bieber. Really. I was like, oh, this lunatic, this loser, this guy, come on. And then um, just looking at his transformation and his how open and vulnerable he yeah. is. Yeah, uh, he has matured, right? Evolved. 
and he's really smart because he he's done something in the past two years. He's he's collaborated with like new artists, like new sounds, new engineering, yeah. and he's done a great job of of of, of remaining relevant. Um, so uh, yeah, he's one of the people who inspire me as well. And obviously, some sort of the some of the old artists like Luther Vandross, yeah. um, Gay, um, Prince. You know, these are these are inspirations. Like, t- I'm this uh, right now. An artist I'm a committed hater of would be Taylor Swift. <laughs> 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 I don't understand how your music hasn't evolved in ten years. Like, you sing the same theme, the same plot, the same. I don't know. I, that's what works for her, I guess. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a committed hater. Wow. <laughs> so, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> yeah, um, Adele Adele is also very very inspiring as well. Yeah. Um, these, and I, but what I love about the the, the U.S. Uh, music industry is that there is this search. There is this you know like a Pokemon hunt. Are people that Pokemon hunt like for new artists? Mm-hmm new sound yeah we don't have that in taiwan in taiwan they don't no. like the music is the same sound the same artist for the last yeah. 10 20 years it's, it's not as hard but i think it's all the problem in taiwan is also that they don't really promote musicians they only promote singers you know what i mean so people write stuff for them they compose the music for them the singer just sings it to the best of their abilities but they're not really musicians the musicians who actually make the music nobody knows them they're not mainstream right and in the u.s the most famous musicians in the u.s and in in the uk or so are actual they're musicians they're not just uh, a person who was hired to sing the song they wrote it they 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 composed the music they play piano they play guitar and everything so yeah in taiwan it's it's really sad that the, the actual musicians who are trained and who are talented don't have get the chance maybe because they're not handsome enough or not beautiful oh, enough or true, true, true. yeah I, I think in taiwan definitely you have this this, this issue like about the look um some of the artists are actually musicians themselves but the, the thing is you have a, a the media landscape is very monopolistic mm. you have like a few big media houses that control and it's really hard to use um um social media or like out of these um, indie sort of independent streaming platforms to actually make a career. Because at the end of the day, like you have to go on a TV show to book. Mm. You need endorsement from this person or you need this this award ceremony. Like it's very tightly controlled. So it's very yeah. hard for up, new and upcoming artists to, to sort of like just blossom out there. And mm. the music is... Uh, the top songs for the past five years is it's really been the same da, da, yeah it's the same people da, 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 da. it's the same sort of sort of melody mm. and for me as an artist sometimes it is i have mixed emotions because i go to these these big artists like the famous ones or i hear them live and i can't believe my ears mm. i'm like what how is this guy famous? Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just like it makes it just like why? Like I I have friends who who, who sound better than that guy. Yeah, but they they they're not the one uh, with all the streamings and all the numbers. But and yeah. for Taiwanese, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They they they, yeah. they go to these concerts and they just want to touch. I just want to touch his hand. I'm yeah, doesn't matter how they sound. 
this is my how they sound. So it's, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, I, also I cannot come up with anybody like when I came to Taiwan was basically the golden age of Taiwan pop music, like uh, uh, Tsai Yilin and uh, Zhou Jielun mm-hmm. and Wang Lihong and all these people, and nobody now coming out now close gets to even level. close to that level of fame. Everybody now has has to scrap for scraps. Like what I have, I'm a niche artist here. I, I do this, but. There's no international Taiwanese pop artist anymore. I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of talent or the media is not helping them enough. I I don't know what it is, but all the they are they are talented artists that I know personally, but they are not famous. So I don't really know what it is that's they're not creating the next generation of stars. The media machine is not uh, connected in that way because if you look at Americans like late night shows. Late night shows, the comedians they talk shit and whatever characters. Yeah. But there's they always bring on the the popping, the relevant artists. Right. Who's popping, who's new? There's this always this search for, so Xinxian, like this new thing, like something different. Mm. I think it's Taiwan is, it's different. We want to yeah. go back to that, that old, that guy that we know. And like yeah. for for some of the, the the new artists, the appeal doesn't work the same way. Like if if for these big media houses for them to sell and invest the audience also needs to buy back and yeah. Taiwanese audience somehow doesn't give in to a buyback yeah it's, it's it's really flooded with uh Korean artists like everybody just went uh fuck Taiwan let's let's listen to Korean artists instead yeah I feel like they're just completely overpowered the Taiwanese music industry they and Taiwanese been. music industry is the same with TV they're not original enough. They just try no, to I, use the same stuff that worked 10, 15 years ago, but you have to create I, I, something I new. Copy and paste. Yeah. I listen to a lot of music from like international music and so I would hear like releases from artists and I'm like, this chord structure, this chord pattern is XYZ song. Are you mm. kidding me? Mm. How could you get away with that? Like, yeah. where's the innovation or the in, in, in mm. ingenuity? They just copy and paste it sometimes. Yeah. So you have to try to just use social media to get your yeah. name out there. You cannot rely on like record labels like back in the day. So you just try, you know, YouTube, Instagram. You have a YouTube channel? Yes, yes, I have a YouTube channel. Um, so my YouTube, Carol Music, um, also oh Carol Wager, mm. uh, and my. I'll Instagram. post all the links down down there so people can oh, check it out. Yeah. yeah. So uh, these are my my social media platforms. Mm. It, it the past has been difficult to to maintain um the relevancy on social media because i had to manage teaching um and doing all the other part-time gigs so it has been difficult yeah. in the past, uh, to promote that but um knowing that i'm investing so much in this album i need to get my numbers up <laughs> and get to get get my 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 relevancy going so yeah pushing that in, in the next few months and when the and album that, comes out i'm happy to have you back and we can talk about your album absolutely that would, that would that would be awesome would yeah be i really, really like your song i mean I, I can tell it's it's I'm always excited when there are musicians or filmmakers in Taiwan who don't just just do what people do here. You you bring something different to the table. It's really international. And I like that. It's not saying that Taiwanese uh, things are bad, but it's good to have a, an option for something different to have a, a new voice, a new creativity. And yeah, I like black. I, I was always a fan of black music since I was like a teen a young teenager and uh, i i miss that it's it's nice yeah nice nice absolute pleasure because there's something uh that 
a vibe, a performance, a rhythm. There's a rhythm in the voice, a rhythm in the music that yeah. I think is lost in, in a lot of the um the the the, the music here in, in Asia or whatever. Mm. So I would love that I could bring that soul. Yeah. In, in that, and that vibe because I, I think black people is amazing that we have this resilience and i think why do you think is is that is that a cultural thing is it is, is it your upbringing how where does it come from that i mean it's general like of course there are black people who can't sing at all who have no rhythm but generally speaking you, you it seems like you have a more natural feel for music and dance and stuff where does that I come from it has been it, it's how we've dealt with oppression <laughs> It's how we've dealt with with um um uh, adversary. Because if you look at the the situation now with Ukraine and and Russia, like who would, would have never known that Ukrainians have this sort this sort of fervor and, and yeah. this see to fight back. I mean, the, the 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 president just being as balls ballsy as he's like, I don't, I'm, we're fighting till our death. So sometimes I think for black people, we've had to because of our history and in terms of. The, the, the slavery and, and all the abuse we've had to find a way to continue living mm. under the continue smiling so we've always had a, a, a way of separating the music or, or living for the music mm. and this rhythm and, and this passion and this movement has carried on through the generations because from the, the plantations on, on working the fields singing all the the, the, the blues because if you get jazz blues rock it has it did the, the come best from ones are culture. mostly black yeah i know my favorites my favorites are mostly black people yeah same in sports i mean <laughs> yeah this is why this is why I, like to me like racism i don't even understand this like how i, I can't i don't think that most white racists hate all black music. That doesn't make any sense. I think even white racists love black music, right? So I don't <laughs> understand where that racism even comes from. How can you love hate something that makes something so awesome? That doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense for a lot of the time. I mean, the, the same thing, the guy wearing a Kevin Durant shirt. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant, yeah. Is you should tell me, you know, do you know Kevin Durant is black? <laughs> he's not just tanned is <laughs> uh, the uh, no words to describe it yeah, but yeah. it's just how but uh you, you see it go in, a, in a, an okay direction you think you have hope for the future things are getting getting better yes definitely i think we have we have we've we survived covid Okay, we we survive COVID. We and we will survive. Hopefully, hopefully we we will survive World War Three. I'm gonna kind of worry. Oh so, God, yeah, this is this is really concerning. We have a way of, of pushing through adversity. I mean, even I, I have my friends back home. Is like, is it is Taiwan okay? Are you okay? Are you do you want to come back? I'm like, I'll stay put. We'll see what we'll happens. See. We'll see what happens. We'll see yeah. what happens. We, for, wow. for me, I, I've always had the most of just living every day to the fullest. Like sometimes yeah. it would be considered selfish, or it would be considered just not um, thinking long term. But I always feel like, what if today is my last? So I'm just gonna live as if live um, in 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 my fullest intention. So if if I don't feel happy, I, I don't feel satisfied. I say no. I, I turn away. I reject. And I live, I live with these consequences. Mm. You know, I don't, I shouldn't, you shouldn't compromise or be unhappy um, in our lives because this could be our very, our very last, our yeah. very last day. 
is right. I actually last night I had a this is very sad news. I had a friend um from college, he's a police officer, and he got he got shot, he got gunned oh, down. I'm sorry. And it's honestly it's weird because I've I've always I've almost gotten numb. Mm. I've had, I've lost so many friends um in the past uh two years, whether it was from sickness or from heart attacks or whatever. It's like Maybe I haven't I haven't processed the grief this time as yet, but it's it's just, it it just shocks you. Yeah. Because the the last friend of mine, uh, he was a doctor. He was, just got married. His friends have kids, and he just had a heart attack and just was gone on the way on the way wow. to the hospital. How old? How old was he? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. What? Yeah, and That's I was crazy. like, what? Yeah. What am I doing? Like, I was like, you know what? I need to make some changes in my life. And, yeah. And live to the fullest. Uh, because you just don't know when when yeah. it's your, your last your last yeah. day. I mean, and sorry be, to end such a such a yeah, and be and be kind. I mean, it's it's just to me. It's I don't I never understand why people fight like like governments and politicians and all. Like, can't we just get along? Get and along. if and if we don't agree on something, okay, you do your thing, I do my thing. I'm not gonna try to ruin your life, even if <laughs> even if I don't like you. If I if I hate what your 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 values are okay at least i'll give you space to be you you give me space to be me and that's it would you yeah, go separate yeah. ways How after experiencing covid 19 which could have wiped out the entire population mm. if, if we didn't get vaccines in time if if, if, if the virus itself would just um mutated even further and you know, get further. worse mm. and we could have been lost a lot of more people and have been dead mm. how could after experiencing that we now go to war I don't. It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, like, people don't even want the war, and they can't do anything because they go to jail if they protest. Protest, you know. It's yeah. I. I don't understand how nowadays, like in Europe, we haven't had a like. Okay, in in, in the European Union, we haven't had a war in in seventy, no, more than seventy yeah. years now, and look how well everybody's getting along now because we decide, okay. That doesn't make sense. We had two world wars. We almost killed uh, our, our each other, our nations. Everybody's thriving now in Western Europe. Okay, we have financial crises and stuff, but all, overall living uh, standards are higher. People are friends. It's so normal now to be married to people from other countries. Mm -hmm. And it's completely idiotic to just hate another nation based on like it, it's so like i don't get it why would a government do like why would people get along like soldiers why would you sign up for that why don't you turn against your your government if they make you fight for something that you don't believe like i don't understand how this I'm is a thing hoping, there's a part of me that's hoping for some like there's there's some miracle that happens because of how uh, social media is, because of how people have changed. Like yeah. maybe there's a miracle where the soldiers just put the, all their arms and just quit. Yeah. Like, fantasy moment, like I've seen in the movie somewhere. Like if it was to happen, mm. I'd be like, wow, because that would be so powerful that this would change the strategy for any government yeah. anywhere around the world. Because you would yeah. understand and know that hey, if your war is not uh, legitimate it doesn't make any sense that your soldiers now have free will and choice they would just chop arms and quit yeah, yeah. and that would change the calculus for a yeah. lot of governments and it would change the calculus for wars down the line yeah i mean 
I may be thinking wishfully, but if that were to happen, that would be yeah. incredible. I guess it takes a lot of education and also financially people have, you can still incentivize people with money to go kill people, uh, other people, unfortunately, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. We'll, we'll see what, where this goes. Um, I, I, I think at some point governments are, will have to be like, okay, yeah, we're actually harming our own population more than we help them by spreading starting more wars more wars yeah yeah hopefully this this backfires and and the 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 aggress of this war will fail miserably i I hopefully yeah and let's hope he doesn't wipe out everybody uh before he uh you know because i don't know i don't know what his plan is um we'll see fingers crossed all right, it's been a really great, a really great podcast and, and interview. Yeah, thanks for coming. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, you let me know when you have uh, the album out and you want to promote a little bit more, and maybe okay. you can uh, sing uh, or or something like. You should, yeah, you should. Uh, um, do you uh, do you update people on social media? Do you have like a do you have some samples of your stuff on Instagram or YouTube uh, when it's yes, when it's ready? Uh, definitely. Um. So let's. Look, my latest song I had, um, songs, everything, on on Instagram as well on Spotify. You could check check my my artist page, and follow some of my music there, and on YouTube. And I will be be updating, like maybe releasing sound bites of some of the projects I'll be working on, and uh, trying to collaborate with some of the the, the artists here in Taiwan. Because mm. uh, people, it's always good when when you actually mix with the locals and people can actually see some more new really they, they know and integrate yeah. with it so that that's a plan for the next few months and it's going to be exciting it's going to be exciting for me uh, cool. i'm looking forward i'm excited too we got a lot of plans if the, the the tv tv movie tv show it could be rebooted but now, now that COVID yeah. is mostly over hopefully uh we can hopefully go go back to uh, per- uh pursuing our, our dreams it right? would definitely help with promotion of my album <laughs> yeah <laughs> same yeah so so hopefully that that the movie gets gets filmed so fingers crossed all right cool because honestly i think the uh, even for for black people here in taiwan there's there is uh there's not a lot of visibility in terms of the media space yeah so it would have been i think i would have been the first uh black actor to have a a, a leading role in a, a tv drama mm. uh, so yeah try and try our best to break these these barriers and these, and these stereotypes so people yeah. before have done a great job like Dooley, as you know he, mm. he's done a good job of of uh in, in, in the TV shows and stuff like that. And I think for me, opening a, a, a space with the competition that I did, people seeing that this face and seeing this black Taiwanese are now more and more used to seeing yeah. different different people. They're not stuff. scared anymore. <laughs> like yesterday I went to this the community pool down I was down a songshan. And like I walked in the pool and I was like, oh no reaction. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. No reaction like, is the best reaction because you don't want to stick out. Yeah. You know, it's the best reaction because for me, maybe two, three years ago, somebody would have left the pool. Like, literally, yeah. it happened. Someone would have left the pool. Or sitting on the bus and nobody's sitting next to you, right? It's happened to me too. I mean, it's, yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. it's getting better. It's... <laughs> so, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to just. In increasing our visibility in, yeah. in the media space and, and, and around Taiwan. And, and it'll, it'll be great. It'll, it'll be great. 
Cool. All right. Well, keep in touch and uh, yeah, good luck with everything. And uh, we'll talk to each other again soon. And definitely, we, we should meet up for some drinks sometime. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. You take it. Have a good week. I think it's going to get cold tonight. I heard. Yeah, that's, uh, I think the worst days are over. Tomorrow, yeah. the day after is going to be good again. And yeah, I'm going to play basketball. Do you play basketball? I suck. Damn it. You're not really <laughs> black, are you? <laughs> Stereotype. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. I I, I, freak, I freaking love basketball, dude. You know, it's okay. funny, like because he was like when I, when I say to people I'm a singer, oh, you rap? Can you rap? <laughs> and I'm like, ah, uh, nope, I don't rap. I'm a soulful singer. So do you I play soccer like... then? Nope. What do you, no sports? I I did um rugby and I do. Oh um, wow. TV. Okay. All right. Okay. Rugby, and... rugby players are tough motherfuckers. I take everything back. Okay. <laughs> You're good. Yep, you're good. All the injury on here, and kickboxing as well. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You could definitely kick my butt. I'm a terrible fighter. I'm. I'm a pacifist. Good. All right. Good. <laughs> well, there's no use for it. I'll stick to basketball. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, maybe I'd get a lot of penalty cards on the court. A former rugby player playing basketball. Ah, uh, I don't no. think he's good. No, no, no. Too violent. On the court. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'm waiting for good weather a second go ball. I, I miss All right, playing. Cool. All right, cool. Take care, man. You take and care, man. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. See ya. All right.